Lauren. I'm from Condoblin, which is outback New South Wales, about 500 kilometres that way. Just follow the dust. <laughs> and, um, and also, so I'm the senior minister of our church in Condoblin Hope Church. And also for Hope Church Wagga, where Tom and Amy Foley, who have been part of this church, are there just connecting with community and building the purposes of God. And, um, and I, I've lived in Ulladulla. I love Ulladulla. Always had a sense in my heart of God's incredible largeness towards this community and the significance of the call on this church. And I'm just so thankful to be here today and looking forward to what God is going to do in this next season. How good is God, hey? So um, Condoblin, as you, many of you would know, um, we have been in the middle of the worst drought in living memory, and um, that's been across our whole state. But um, particularly for a community like mine that is in outback New South Wales, that's been felt on a whole other level. And um, I just wanted to start today by just sharing a little bit of what our journeys look like, just engaging with the drought. I know for you guys, the drought's impact had a completely different, I guess, unfolding set of circumstances. And I was here for a good part of that over the New Year period. And I'm so thankful for the way that God has connected community and released life, even in a period of devastation. But I've got to be honest, when I come to Aladala, driving down, I just, my heart is actually poised for hope, not loss. And I see hope over this community. I see the blessing and the goodness of God over this community. And I see the same thing in my community. And, you know, we, we hear a lot. And, and for us, it's been a good nearly four years of just devastation from the drought and incredible hardship that's been experienced on a daily level. And, um, you know, your, your heart actually has to lean in one way or the other. And, and I guess for me, it's always been in to lean into the purposes of God and to lean into the presence of God and to lean into his promise. And so you can be in the middle of a really tough season, but the word of God to me just trumps it all, not in a stupid hyper-faith way, but in a way that actually just gives us a picture of life beyond our current circumstance. The Bible talks about us being more than conquerors. I'm going to unpack that a little bit today. But I just, honestly, regardless of what might be going on in our world, I'm very convinced, 150% convinced of the overarching goodness of God, of his presence that releases joy and freedom, of his purpose that goes beyond the temporary and into eternity. And I believe God is actually wanting to do a new thing in this season. And I've been saying all weekend, I'm believing, I've got to move this because I'm going to end up stepping over that step. <laughs> I'm believing for a move of God in our nation in this season. I believe it is coming. And, um, and I think some of the circumstances that we're kind of gra grappling with at the moment are actually a precursor to God opening heaven in a whole new way and causing you know, his purpose to advance, for life to flow, for the goodness of God to be experienced in a real way and for his strength and victory. And um, so I actually sent some photos through this morning because I wanted to, I guess as a way of connecting the dots, unpack a little bit about what God's done in our community and, and what our stance has been in the midst of a, a very tough season. And um, so many of you, if you know me and you follow me on social media, because I just sounded real famous then, but if you are a friend of mine on Facebook or Instagram, um, you will know that I love the water. How good is it that God sent me to the desert? <laughs> you will know I love sunsets. My favourite time of the day is dusk, twilight. I just, my heart sings 
at that point. I can be in a city and I just think, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. There's something about it that just makes me feel really close to God. And on our community, we have this beautiful lake. It's called Gumbender Lake. And this is a picture of our lake at sunset. And I, I don't know how many times I have stood and looked at that view every day different and just felt the presence of God, the goodness of God, the beauty of God. And uh, I've loved our lake. I'm so thankful for our lake. But we're four years into a drought and this became less and less an experience. And the next picture is going to show you what our daily experience often is. And this is a dust storm. And so for Kondoblin, the last two years, we could get those often on a daily basis, especially in summer, but even through winter, three, four times a week. Friends of mine own a property about 50 k's out of Ulladulla, out of Ulladulla, out of Kondoblin, and, um, and it's red dirt. You go there, there's not a blade of grass. And they got to the point where, no kidding, there's an inch thick red dust through their house, every surface of their house, um, at the end of every dust storm, to the point where they were like, what is the point of cleaning it up? And I can understand that because it's been the same in Kondoblin. I don't know how many times I've just walked red dust through the house and it's just been part of our journey and playground duty in stuff like that as a teacher. That, that's been our life. And um, the drought has just actually had a massive impact. Our farmers have been hand feeding for probably two, two and a half years. For some of our farmers to hand feed their stock, it's $20,000 a day. Um, and then they've actually had to, obviously there's a limit to how long you can do that. They've had to then destock. And then they keep just their breeding stock, which is ultimately the absolute bare resources of their business. And it's just got to the point where the drought extended, where a lot of the people I know have actually had to let go of their breeding stock, which effectively closes their business down and then when the drought ends, causes them to have to start from the very beginning. And um, so I'm going to bring you to another lake shot. So that's our lake at the moment. And um, you can see it's very dry. And um, there's still fish. <laughs> and honestly, in, that's what our lake looked like when I came to Kondoblin. Um, 10 years ago, and we were at the end of a 12-year drought. And um, our farmers have been saying this is the worst drought in living memory, and it truly is. We usually would average around 450 to 500 mils of rain a year. Last year, the year before that, the year before that, we averaged somewhere in the vicinity of about 120 millimetres. Towards the end of last year, our catchment area, which is Wyangala Dam, had 6%, I think, in the dam. And we were told by March this year, we would have no water in Kondoblin, which is really good for anyone that doesn't want to shower, <laughs> but effectively just shuts our community down. So we had a little bit of rain at the beginning of the year and the catchment went up to, I think about 8%. And then we were told by September, no rain in Kondoblin. And there's already communities around us that have run out of water. That, that means no water to flush the toilet. I know that toilet paper is a massive issue, <laughs> but, um, but that's what that effectively means. No drinking water, you can't shower. You know, there's communities all around us, large communities like Dubbo, who can't hose their gardens. They, they actually have to, there's a restricted amount of water they can use per household per day. 
And that's what their experience is. Condo's actually better off than massive communities like Dubbo and Orange, who are on even tighter restrictions than us. And um, so here we were, beginning of the year, September. It was just something in me that just thought, well, what on earth did God put the church in a community for? You know, that is tough, and we've seen businesses close down. September last year, we were given word that our doctor's surgery was going to close down. There's 3,000 people in our community, just under. Many of them are Aboriginal people, and many of them have long-term, life-challenging health issues, and we would have effectively ended up with one doctor in the hospital, serving the needs of an incredibly vulnerable people and I just thought no way I was so angry and um, I just was like that's it you would have if you're friends with me on Facebook you would have seen me post something about it but I just started praying I just felt angry this is not not on my watch God no way am I just going to stand back and come under something defeated what well, God put us here for a reason and the Bible does talk about the church being like a light on a hill a city on a hill and my goodness, we need to shine in this season. And so about September last year, I just decided, right, I'm coming into a season of just speaking life over our community. We have this one hill in Condo. It's dead flat, but there's one hill. So every, like, oh, not every day, but regularly I would go up to this hill and I'd put worship music on. I've been doing this now for a few months and just praying, speaking life over our region, prophesying rain, just, just declaring the goodness of God. And for months now, on a Sunday, our church has been doing the same thing. And we, um, we just decided we wanted to be a blessing and we wanted to be generous and we wanted to make sure our, our stance was one of hope and largeness and faith and abundance. And Bible talks about, you know, what the, the mouth speaks of what's in the heart. And so I thought, no, my heart is actually full of hope, not desperation. So I'm going to speak hope. And we would just pray for our community. Every Sunday as a church, we'd pray for rain. We'd pray for the blessing of God to flow in our community. We'd pray for businesses to flourish. We put together all these packs. I think in the last 18 months, we've given around $5,000 worth of just little gift packs to our farming families, just with vouchers from the butcher, vouchers from the hairdresser, vouchers from our local shopping centre, just anything to just be generous. No strings attached. Not saying, oh, our church is at six, would you like to come? Just, we just love you and we're standing with you. Marissa and Jay went. Actually, you guys were right at the beginning of that process because they came out with a whole lot of stuff and actually you've met our friend Alison, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. And she's in our church now, which is awesome. And, um, <laughs> but we just honestly wanted to be a light in a dark season, which is what God's called the church to be. So last year, 120 mils. I'm going to flick to the last photo and this was two days ago on my way out of condo and over to be here. Um, so beginning of this year, we had some rain, which was awesome. It's incredible how you can have literally nothing but dirt and then get a little bit of rain and you think there's no life anywhere. And then that little bit of rain just causes the seeds to come to life. And, and honestly, condo at the moment, it, I'm not exaggerating, is like, green like Aladala. Flipping amazing. <laughs> At the end of a very tough season of, of drought, and please don't think our drought is over. It's not. There's a long road ahead. But last year won 20 mils of rain all year, and I can't even remember the last time it rained in 2019. But so far this year we've had over 250 mils of rain, which is incredible. 
Yeah, give God a hand. And I just, I really have felt, I reckon God deserves a bigger clap than that. <laughs> I've just really felt just so much life in what appears to be seasons of devastation. I feel that for our nation, in what appears to be a season of devastation, I'm prophesying life. You know, we can speak coronavirus till the cows come home, but I'm telling you, we are the church. We have the spirit of the living God within us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in us. We have something this world is desperately needing. We have hope, Jesus. We have joy, abundance. We have, honestly, strength from heaven. We have something to release over this world other than fear and desperation and darkness. And I believe God is wanting us to take the, the, the stance of hope, the stance of life, the stance of joy, and not to be like, bury your head in the sand, but come on, we tap into something of a greater truth than the natural circumstances that we face. Don't you agree? So life, I believe, is going to spring up in this season. Um, you know, when I was here in Aladala a long time ago, we would often talk about revival. And for those of you who don't know what that word means, it's ultimately just a move of God in a very real way, in, every, in everyday experience, where heaven links with earth and people actually connect to God in a way they never even dreamed possible. And I really believe that we're going to see God being present in people's worlds in a way they never even knew possible. And we, as the church, we get to steward some of that. I feel like the seeds of faith just laying in the hearts of people all through our nation, seeds of faith, laying in the hearts of people in Kondoblin, in Wagga, beyond that, in Ulladulla, in Kalbara, in Nara, up and down the south coast. There's seeds of faith. There's seeds of hope. There's a hunger in the hearts of people. And I believe God is wanting us to, in, in, in a way, just steward that by being the people of faith that we've been called to be. So I want to read this little verse from 1 Thessalonians 5.5. 5, and the girls that were with me yesterday apologise because I'm going to repeat a little bit. It says, but friends, you're not in the dark. So how could you be taken off guard by any of this? You are sons of light and daughters of day. We live under wide open skies and we know where we stand. So how many people know the day, then night, they're a part of the normal human experience. We are going to see day and we will see night naturally, but even just in the seasons of our life, we're going to experience joy and sorrow. We're going to experience health and sickness. We're going to experience grief and gain. That's part of being human. But I believe, you know, as children of God, we're not to be defined in any way by a season of night, but by the goodness of God, by the grace of God, by the presence of God. Shared a little bit. Last year was the toughest year of my life. I'm not going to go into all the details at all, but it started with my mum passing away. And, um, and that was after a good three, four weeks of being in a hospital with her in ICU in Sydney. And it was just incredibly profoundly impacting on my heart, losing my mum, but just watching how that unfolded. And I just remember at the beginning of last year talking to God and saying, God, I just... 
This has just hit so hard. I just can't imagine ever being the same again. I, I'm never going to be the same. I'm never going to feel anything more. That's how I felt at the time. It was so um, weighty, the grief that I was feeling. And, um, and I got a phone call from someone who'd been praying for me and she just said, look, I've, I've really felt God show me that it's like you're walking through a really dark tunnel and it is dark and it's long, but there's gold like in the seams of the tunnel and I can see you just walking through this season. It's like your hands are up and as you walk through, just keep going, you're actually gleaning gold out of this season. I just kept thinking about that all last year. It was a long year, just working through a number of challenges I came into this year, just I felt like a lift in my heart and I, 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 don't, I can't really tangibly explain it except I feel like there is something I'm carrying out of that season that is heaven breathed and the goodness of God out of something so tough <laughs> and I just think, wow, like I didn't want my life to be defined by a dark season but I think the promise of God was through that, you're not going to be defined by it, but you're going to carry gold out of it. And so if we're sons of light and daughters of the day, I believe the promise of God is that we're not going to be defined by the darkness. We will be defined by light. We may walk through dark seasons, but we will carry out of it the goodness of God, the promise of God. We'll carry gold out of those seasons. And I just personally, I'm so thankful to God's faithfulness and God's presence, and God's goodness. And I'm thankful that as we take one step after the other, God journeys with us to make sure his promise is fulfilled. So we're sons of light. We're daughters of day. We live under wide open skies, and we know where we stand. The other day, Dave rang, and we were just chatting, and I said to Dave, all year... You see those pictures of, you know, the, the fire-ravaged forests. And, um, and I left just after New Year's Eve, a couple of days after New Year's Eve, the minute they opened up the roads. And we were the last to get out. And um, the fire was burning all around us in Sussex. And um, we got stopped by a fire truck just at the Sussex Inlet turn-off. And we are sitting there for a few minutes not knowing what was going to happen. We could see a fire. And then um, they let us through and then as we went through, they shut the roads and I think they were shut again for another couple of days. And, um, and I remember seeing all this blackened wood. It looked like there was absolutely no life. And about three or four days later, somebody posted a picture on Facebook of that same place and you could see little green shoots. And I've just felt, to me, that's a picture of something God is going to do in this region. You know, I, we see the natural regeneration, but oh my goodness... It is incredible how life just is present and just in due process and with the hand of God just outworking itself through community, life actually springs up. And I just see life springing up, but springing up really quickly. And um, I just feel like there's going to be an acceleration of God's purpose and God's plan in this season. But, um, and then I said, told, told Dave all of that. And then I said to him, I just feel like I don't know, there's something of a restoration and a life and, you know, that verse in the Bible that talks about joy into dancing and sorrow into whatever and Dave went, Sharon, have you actually listened to our Vision Sunday message? I'm like, no, because, well, that's it. <laughs> so I'm preaching Dave's Vision Sunday message, I think. 
And I want to read to you from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. What an incredible promise of God. They will renew. They will rebuild. They will restore. They will renew. They will rebuild. They will restore. They will renew. They will rebuild. They will restore. There's so much life. There's something God wants to do in this season that is absolutely heaven-breathed. He is at work. He is all-powerful. The Bible says nothing is impossible for God. But I'm here today to tell you that nothing is impossible for he who believes. Because the Bible also says that. They will renew. They will rebuild. They will restore. In Kondobolin, renewing, rebuilding and restoring looks very different to what it looks like in Kalbara, Kanjola, Aladala, Mogo. In Kondobolin, it's not been a fire that's gone through. It's been addiction. It's been dispossession. It's been violence. It's been grief. It's been incredible impacts of transgenerational trauma. And I'm telling you, the word of God trumps all of that. They will renew. They will rebuild. They will restore. Nothing is impossible to he who believes. And this is why we are here. This is why when we give our lives to God, we're not ushered into heaven because it's not only about us, we will renew, we will rebuild, we will restore. And there's something of an honour and a privilege of God for us in this season to breathe out over our communities, to breathe out over our, our nation, to breathe out over people who are looking for hope. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, it is my life first. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And I'm telling you, that is not lollipop Christianity. That was spoken over a people who had been held captive against their will, taken to a foreign land, enslaved to a people who served a foreign God. That is up to a people who'd been dispossessed of their culture and their community and their relationships. And they were sitting, waiting desperately for God to move in a new way. And the promise of God is, I am 
going to give to you a hope and a future to prosper you. That's my heart, not to harm you. It's just honestly setting us up with a posture of hope, with a posture of expectation. And um, there's this little quote of mine, I love it. It's my favourite quote, one of my favourite quotes. And it is simply this, expectation is the highway to miracles. I think, honestly, it's the starting point for heaven linking with us, us, us actually leaning in with faith to what God is going to do next. And that's what I'm calling you to do. In this season, as the church of God, as the children of God, in this community, lean in. What's God going to do next? And how is he going to use you? They will renew. They will rebuild. They will restore. There's a story in the Bible about Job. And um, feel free to have a, a really good look. He absolutely loved God. In fact, he was described as, you know, one of the most integrous or the most integrous man of God on the planet in his time. Wow, put that on your business card. <laughs> and, um, you know, he actually went through a season of devastation. You can read the story yourself. But um, in, in a very short period of time, his children, all of them, lost, passed away. His property, devastated. His finances, under pressure. His health, broke out in boils. You know, the community around him distanced themselves because their expectation, their, their opinion was that he'd come under a curse of God. There must be some hidden sin. So he experienced judgment and slander. And, um, you know, in the midst of all of that, he spoke some incredible words that I want to read to you from Job 19, 25 to 27. If only my words were written in a book, better yet, chiselled in stone. Still I know that God lives, the one who gives me back my life, and eventually he will take his stand on the earth, and I will see him, even though I may be skinned alive. I'll see God myself with my very own eyes. Oh, how I long for that day. I love it. Other versions say, I know my Redeemer lives. That is incredible. In the face of everything he experienced, his testimony is of the all-surpassing greatness, goodness, and power of God. He is life. That's what I know. All this, I know that God is life. I know he is my life. And, I, and you watch that story of Job unfold and his declaration released something of the goodness of God to bring redemption. I just want to unpack what redemption is. I know my redeemer lives. It's an old school kind of Bible word, but it ultimately means this. Ransom, release, deliver, rescue. Jesus is our redeemer. He has done exactly that. He stepped into the gap and he paid a price we could never pay for our own freedom and deliverance. He is our rescuer. He is our deliverer. He is our release. He is our freedom. And he paid a price so that we could walk in the blessing of God. There's one other verse, of a word, sorry, that encapsulates the meaning of the word redeem. And it means to sever, to cut off. I love how complete the work of God in our lives is to the point where what has devastated in the past is severed. It is cut off. It is disconnected from our life. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Anyone is in Christ, 
He's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. That's redemption. That is a part of the work of God in our lives through the Holy Spirit and because of the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. And that is something God wants to continue pouring out in our world today through his church. Redeem. And um, then I'm going to read to you from Joel 2, 25. It says this, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust and the young locust, the other locusts and the locust swarm. That's a really weird verse. But you think about... <laughs> yeah, amen to that, hey. <laughs> um, but you think about, you know, the people that lived in those seasons and they were... They lived completely sustainable lives. They grew what they ate. Imagine the food, not from coals, but the food you eat is the food you produce. And you are in a season where there is, when it talks about the great locust, the young locust, the other locusts, and the locust swarm, that's talking about successive locust plagues. So one crop gets devoured, then you plant another. Oh, that one gets devoured. You plant another. And then another one and another one. That's four years of drought. That's not just one moment. That's, that's like a whole journey of loss and frustration and pain and hard work that's yielded nothing. And the promise of God is I'm going to restore to you what has been lost. What an incredible promise. I'm telling you the heartbeat of that is expressed in the life of Jesus on the cross. I will restore to you what has been lost. The heartbeat of that is found in Isaiah 61, where it says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will repair cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. That is restoration. You know, when I was a young girl, some of you know my story, but my early years were very traumatic particularly, um, you know, prior to school. Just a number of experiences really marked my life. And um, some of the things that I went through as a young girl, in, you know, really, you can't just bounce back from. And it needed a massive work of God in my life. And um, I learned just through journeying with God and opening my heart up to God and, you know, opening my heart up to community and through forgiving and loving people and letting people in and letting God draw the dots between who he created me to be and who I really felt I was. I just learnt restoration has so many elements to it that we can't even put words to. You know, if I had $20 and someone took it and then Rosie wanted to restore that to me, she'd give me $20. And I'd say, thanks heaps, Rosie. Feel free, however, if you want to. <laughs> But with God, I've just felt restoration. There's so much, there's such a dynamic that's just alive to God in that process of restoration that isn't just about giving me back the measure that I lost. It's multiplied again and again and again. So if I'm here and then, you know, I've experienced loss and I end up back here, I can pray for restoration and then it would be easy to think, I'm just going to believe that I'm going to get back to the starting point again. But for me, that's not what restoration's looked like ever. It's looked like God actually restoring something to the point where I come out of it better than I ever have been. And, and I believe that's the heart of God in a season where he wants to breathe restoration, he wants to breathe hope 
over community. It's not about bringing people back to their starting point. It's about bringing them through to a point of blessing they've never known before. That's the heart of God. That's what I believe God is doing in this season, bringing us to a point of restoration only possible in him. Wow, what an incredible promise, hey? What an incredible promise. I mentioned before, there's this verse in the Bible that talks about us being more than conquerors. Well, if I was playing footy, which I never would, (laughs) and I wanted to be a conqueror, my only... Our measure of that would be, did I win or lose? God says, you can't more than win, can you? I've either won the game or I haven't won the game. And if I was playing, I would not win the game. <laughs> but you can't be a winner or more than a winner in the natural. However, the Bible says we can be more than conquerors. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? To be more than just overcoming or more than just having the upper hand or more than just, just defeating something that has come against you. I believe to be more than an overcomer or to be more than a conqueror, it's about just receiving such a victory that it becomes your victory that you then lead others into. That's what it means. You can actually come through seasons of despair and devastation to the point where God restores you to, to a level you've never known, to a point where you are actually giving to others what God has given to you, that is incredible victory. That is incredible conquering to actually give what you have received. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So if I have received a blessing from God, oh my goodness, I'm going to amp up the blessing by make sure you get it too. And that is what God is calling us to do in this season. A stance of hope, a stance of expectation, just an abundance perspective. God is actually going to release something good in this season that we are going to release over others. We're going to lead them into the same victory that we have received. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read from Isaiah 58. Incredible little promise of God. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets with dwellings. I remember about three years ago, this young family, three boys actually, all triplets. Um, They were about 16, 17 years old. And they had no contact with their father. Their beautiful mum passed away from cancer. And just, I cannot even begin to imagine the weight of their grief. They ended up with no one. One of them was living up on the hill behind in the bushes. They just had no one. And this one particular point, their older brother um, was taken into custody. And it was just the straw that broke the camel's back for these boys. 
And um, they ended up with a sword and they were running through our main street and they were smashing windows. They were just broken. And it broke my heart. I taught these boys. And um, the days that followed, our community just rallied against these boys, churches, Christians, on Facebook. It was just stream after stream of verbal attack after verbal attack. And I remember that Sunday, I just grabbed a chair and I sat down and I said, this is going to be a mama talk, but we will not speak out against these boys. We're going to speak life over these boys. They'd all been taken into custody. They were babies themselves with no one and nothing. And a community that should have gathered around them in that season cursed them. And it, I was so angry about it. And I had young people in our church at the time with tears just streaming down their face. And I was like, we're not going to be that church. We're going to speak life over the next generation. We're going to stand with those who've lost everything. We're going to bless and we are not going to curse. And to me, that is what the church should look like in every season. It is easy to be the ones that in verse, in Isaiah 58, point fingers and talk rubbish, just malicious talk. It's easy to do that. It is easy to speak curse over our nation. Oh, coronavirus this and coronavirus this. It's easy to get full of fear. It's easy to like speak over our community. I've heard people say it. Oh, condo's going to die because of the drought. It's not going to last. I'm like, over my dead body, it's going to die. We have to be a people who know what it is to walk in an opposite spirit and to rise up with faith and love and expectation and speak life over people. There's this verse in Proverbs and it says, you know, in the the tongue there is the power for life or death, you choose. And the Bible says, well, what we choose, we will eat. I don't know about you, but I want life, 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 life. I want that for my community. I want that for my family. I want that for my body. I want that for my finances. Life, 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 life. Not pointing the finger. Not sitting in judgment. You know, I'm not going to mention names, but just watched people, famous people stand up and say, you know, God is cursing our nation and the drought is happening because of this and the fires are happening because of that. Life. We're not meant to be a people who point fingers and speak maliciously over our communities and our nation. We are meant to be a people who carry life on our tongue and speak life over our communities. That is why we are on this earth. And yes, there are things wrong, but nothing changes by speaking death. Everything changes when we speak life. So I believe God is calling us in this season to speak life to walk in life, to be free, to walk in freedom, but to actually open the way for other people to experience the same thing. Maybe the band can come. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. 
and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up age-old foundations. You will be called the repairer of broken walls and the restorer of streets to dwell in. God is raising up a people who know what it is to walk in an opposite spirit. We're living in a world under torment from a spirit of fear. And often people talk about faith being the opposite of fear, but honestly, the Bible says in 1 John, perfect love casts out fear. It's not faith that is the opposite to fear. It's perfect love. It's the love of God. God is raising up a people who walk with an opposite spirit, a people who speak life instead of death, a people who give instead of hoard. Fancy that. (laughs) A people who rise in the darkness instead of shrinking back. God is raising up a people who walk in an opposite spirit, counter-cultural to the things that are happening in this world today. The Bible is very clear. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. The Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This is our time. This is our day. This is our season to rise up and be a city on a hill, a light in the dark. God is raising us up. At the girls' breakfast yesterday, Chriselle makes amazing scones. She does. With lemonade. (laughs) And um, we just had this little joke about how when you cook scones, I'm just giving you some baking tips right now because I'm so good at baking. (laughs) Baking bricks. (laughs) But um, apparently when you cook scones, maybe this is where I went wrong, you have to actually cook them together because just in the connection, they rise up. I think I might have actually caused a bit of disconnect when I tried that one time. (laughs) And um, so you actually, they rise together. And I think that's the season we're in. Kondo, Wagga, Kalbara, Aladala, Nara, and other communities that we're connecting into. We're gonna rise into something together that's actually gonna release life, hope, strength, victory, breakthrough, the blessing of God, the goodness of God, even in a season of challenge. So we're going to rise. And we're going to rise together into God's purpose, God's plan, God's heart for our community. And that's what I want to pray over us to finish. Honestly, it's a new day. The new season feels like in the natural, things are shutting down. But I'm telling you, the Bible is very clear in Revelation 3. God sets before us an open door that no man can shut. So how about we stand together and rise up into something new. We walk as people of faith, actually get kingdom perspective in this season and commit ourselves to being the people God has called us to be. Come on, lift your hands with me. Lord, I thank you for who you are. God, we love you 
And we honour you so much. You've broken the power of sin and sickness. You've broken the power of the grave. And you did that through your own sacrifice, through your own death, because of your incredible love for us. And Jesus, this morning, we honour you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We just give you complete freedom to do what only you can do in our lives, but also through our lives. And I thank you for what you're doing in this season. I thank you for how you are positioning your church. And Lord, we just rise up with you. We rise up together in you right now. We thank you, God, that it is not by mind, it's not by power, but it is by your spirit. We can actually release life and walk in your purpose and plan. And God, right now, we just commit ourselves afresh to you. God, we let go of the old because it has already been addressed on the cross of Calvary. And I thank you, your word says, the new has come. We are new. God, we are yours. And I pray for every single person here right now. I pray a release of your faith. I pray a release of revelation. God, just show us, just speak to us. God, help us to lay a hold of your promise and your purpose. God, we just open our hearts. But I pray that you'll give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And Lord, I pray that you will help us, God, just in this season, to be who you have called us to be and to walk in light, to walk with largeness of heart, God, to walk in truth, and to be a people who walk in the opposite spirit. Lord, right now, I lift your name up over Aladala. I lift your name up in this community, in this region. I just declare the goodness of God. I declare the life of God. Come on, I want you to lift your voice with me. I declare the blessing of God in this place. I thank you, God, for your heart to renew, to rebuild and to restore. And I thank you, God, you're gonna bring this community through to a point it's never been before. Lord, we just declare right now an open heaven over this place. Lord, I prophesy life in this place. I prophesy the goodness of God. I prophesy the provision of God. I thank you for your presence. God, your tangible presence in this place. And I thank you, Lord, for heaven linking with earth in this region and beyond. I thank you, God, for your heart for the South Coast and a move of God that's gonna just oh, rise up in this next season in Jesus' Name. And God, I just thank you for your promise, Lord, that you turn sorrow into joy, that instead of grief, God, you give us just a blessing. Instead of disconnect, God, you bring us into community. I just speak that out over this region. I thank you, God, that you are doing a new thing. I thank you for hearts that are softening. And I thank you, God, for your goodness being rained down in this place. In Jesus' Name, we agree together. And we pray your kingdom come and your will be done in Aladala, in Kinjola, in Kalbara, all along the South Coast. God, may your purpose advance. In Jesus' Name, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand. Amen.